Hey, podcast listener. Are you working so hard you wonder if the money is even worth it? If you're like most CPAs I work with, you have way too much to do, you feel relentless deadline pressure, and worst of all, you feel torn between serving clients and being with family. What if I told you you could work a 40-hour week without losing a dime? I know it sounds impossible, but my Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is designed for CPAs just like you who want to get their lives back. Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind is launching soon. In it, you'll learn how to start getting your time back week by week, make your workload manageable while still bringing in plenty of revenue, what to put in your packages and how to price them, and so much more. Don't leave your future to chance. CPA Mastermind will get you on the same profitable path you've been searching for. With unlimited coaching, your success is guaranteed. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there. Of course, not charging enough. I was charging hourly back then. And you know, you only have so many hours in the day. So what happens? You end up working at night, you work on the weekends, you work through dinner, you work through everything and it goes insane, right? So I had a really big push to try and find my way out of this paper bag of being the one who's constantly on the hamster wheel. Welcome to Epic Business Growth for CPAs. My name is Geraldine Carter, founder of She Thinks Big Coaching. This is the place to be if you're a CPA who wants to grow your accounting practice. Weekly episodes are full of strategies and action steps that create a clear path for growth without working harder. Time to get inspired and grow your business. Hi, everyone. Before we jump into today's episode with Lisa Campbell, I have two things for you. One is an iTunes review from Mary in Wisconsin. And I think I know which Mary in Wisconsin this is. And if any of you are looking for a long lost sibling or some other kind of DNA hunter, you should connect with me because that's what Mary does for a living. It's super, super cool. Mary says, I look forward to Geraldine's podcast and her words of wisdom. She provides advice I can directly apply to running my small business and life. I now know my KPIs and periodically lift my head to know where I'm going. I love listening to her drill down to the truth with her on-air coaching calls. She is super insightful and smart. Thank you, Mary. And if you're curious, that's a reference to episode 44, where I talk about the Iron Man I did and having my head fully face down in the water and I swam way, way off course and uh, the cost of that. So if that's of interest to you, go back. And uh, the metaphor of lifting your head occasionally in your business to keep you on course may prove useful. Thanks again, Mary, for that review. Yes, they may help with SEO, but really what they do for me is lift my spirits when sometimes I need reminding because podcasting can be really lonely. We don't get a lot of feedback over here on this side of the mic. So to that end, I want to do a 180 for just a minute. And this is the second thing you hear from me every week. And I would love to hear from you. I would love to know a little bit about who you are. I know you're out there. I see your downloads and I know what podcast apps you use, but that's all I know. And really knowing a bit more about you would help me provide you the very content that is directly tailored to what you want and what you're looking for. 
So I created a super simple survey. It takes less than a minute to fill out and to incentivize you to share a bit more about what you're looking for. And to take 60 seconds out of your day, you have the opportunity to win a 25 minute flash coaching session with me. For every five people who fill out the survey, I'm going to give away one session. So your odds are pretty good. The link to that survey is in the show notes, which should be available to you in your podcast app for this episode. Or if you can't get to them that way, you can get to them via my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com and go to the podcast episodes. And now I want to introduce today's guest. Lisa Campbell is the founder of the Markham Group, where she guides her clients to profitability as a profit first strategist. I wanted to have her on because she started out just like many of you as a solo practitioner fell into all the predictable traps until finally she realized that something had to change. So we explore her journey of her business's growth and what she learned along the way. Here is Lisa Campbell. Lisa, welcome to the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. Me too. And for our listeners, we've been chatting for like 20 minutes and getting all excited about the challenges that bookkeepers and accountants face and the commonalities of challenges, not just to bookkeepers and accountants, but also to CPAs. So there's a lot of parallel stuff here to talk about. I think we could talk all day. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you tell us a little bit about where you are now with your business and primarily what you do? Right now, we are a very specialized bookkeeping firm where uh, our specialty is profit first strategy. So we only engage clients who want bookkeeping services and profit first coaching. So we've scaled back from taking everybody and anybody, the dream of having, you know, loads and loads of clients as opposed to a few clients has become a reality because we've identified our ideal client. We've, you know, streamlined everything. It's basically profit first strategy, coaching, uh, year long engagements that always renew. Thank you. And um, it's, it's, it's amazing. Love it. Love what I do every day. So you didn't clearly start out here. You didn't start out where you are now. You started in a very different place. I started in such a different place from the corner of my living room, you know, not even an office, just literally stuck in a corner. It was on my brain all day, every day. Um, And I got booked up beyond capacity. Like most of us do. We're just taking on everybody and anybody and of course, not charging enough. I was charging hourly back then. And you know, you only have so many hours in the day. So what happens? You end up working at night, you work on the weekends, you work through dinner, you work through everything and it goes insane, right? So something had to give for me. I was also in a really bad situation at home and I had to make some more money and get out of that situation. So I had a really big push to try and find my way out of this paper bag of being the one who's constantly on the hamster wheel. And fortunately, I found my way. There's that moment that you're like, this is not going to work, right? You're working through dinner, working after dinner. And what was the moment when you're like, this isn't going to work? What did you find? Actually, you know what it was, is I got an email to, to attend some seminar and I kept ignoring it, ignoring it. And one day I just went, you know what? I just got to watch this because it's bugging me. And it was an intro to how to systematize your bookkeeping business. And I thought you can do that. I didn't even know you could do that. I just figured, you know, I'm going to keep working and plugging along and plugging along. So I watched it and you know what, it really made sense. So what happened for me was I I realized I needed systems. So that was my turning point. I went, you know what, I got to, I got to do something or I'm going to get stuck in this, 
hamster wheel forever. So I, I dove in. At what point did you realize that hourly based billing wasn't it, wasn't the path? That came a couple of years later. I, the first step for me was increasing my hourly rate. That a lot of people are afraid to do that because they think they're going to lose clients. But it, I mean, they already see what the value in what you do. They love what you do, obviously, because they're still working with you, especially if they're long-term clients, right? Um, I shifted more into value after I had my systems firmly in place and I had brought on a team member. I started thinking, okay, now we're going to start looking at what else can we offer these clients other than just compliance. And that's when I started with Profit First. With Profit First, it was easy for me to shift to a value base because, well, A, they, they help us with that. They help us understand that. But also, you actually feel it in your bones. You are actually helping these people. So it is a value. So if it was a couple of years before you got to value base, I don't want to skip over all of the, um, the, the pathway in the middle. So you raise your rates. Everybody's scared to raise their rates because they think they'll lose clients. Um, and interestingly, I run this sort of um, experiment for my own clients where I take their spreadsheet of clients and I increase their rates on their clients. And then I cut out 10% of their clients and I increase their rates 20% and cut out 20% of their clients. And they end up making more money than where they currently are. And I totally appreciate that it's scary, right? It is scary to lose clients or it can be anyways. So you made it through the raise your rates piece. What was next? I think we just kind of coasted along from there. And then once we started um, shifting into the higher end strategy, like once it was all, um, everything was in place and I was able to delegate so that I had the time to focus on the higher end strategy, that's when we started revamping, going into value base, looking at what are we offering, just kind of maximizing everything we could possibly give our clients so that the clients felt that they were getting way more than just you know bookkeeping. Who, where is there a place for just bookkeeping anymore? Who needs that? You've got to use your numbers, right? So it became more of focusing on educating our clients on what it is that we could do to help them grow their business. So what got you to the realization that bookkeeping was sort of like just the starting point of what clients needed? I got to that when I started with Profit First because I realized that you have to have a solid set of books if you're going to create a strategy. So I know that my firm creates solid sets of books, but I, what we started doing was reviewing people's books. So that became part of our initial process, uh, or sorry, part of, the, part of the process at the very beginning, before we would even give someone a quote, we would do a paid review of their existing database to make sure that their numbers were solid because you can't you know, garbage in, garbage out. We don't wanna have any of that. Um, so we established a paid review process. And then in the middle, there may have, before engagement, there may have been a renovation that was involved where we would go in and fix it all up so that their books were primo so that we could work with something. Or if we found that the books were fine uh, and we could move forward, then we would engage the client. So we're, we're also adding more revenue there. I mean, all these little steps along the way are things they're, they're money makers, but they are also things that we need to do our job really well. Did you ever do a series of wish list interviews with top clients? No, but I've had conversations with them where I ask them, you know, what do you really like about what we do? What could we improve on? Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's really important to keep the lines of communication open. I'm very transparent with my clients. They know, they know my story. They know how I work. They know I have like 12 different bank accounts to manage my profit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So no, I'm very, very big on keeping those lines of communication open. So what did they say in those conversations that surprised you? Surprised me. 
Or what did they come at you with that you were like, oh, I didn't know that they needed help with that. Oh, you know what? No, actually, I can think of one instance where I actually lost a client because I dropped the ball totally dropped the ball. Um, while I was implementing my systems and processes, I thought I had it nailed and I didn't. And for, you know, you, you always learn from your mistakes, right? So, and it was a $4,000 a month client. I totally freaked out. I'm like, oh my God, I did not have that as nailed as I should have. So that was a big surprise, but that wasn't part of my exit interview or my regular meeting questions. Um, it, I think I don't really... I can't really recall any surprises, but I find that it just, it helps me to grow in what I offer. So for example, the latest one I had, we were talking about what, um, what he found lacking and his only comment really was that he would like more frequency or the frequency adjusted in the meetings. Uh, so I think we were at quarterly meetings. He wanted the monthly. He felt that the accountability aspect would, would improve if he could meet with me more often. So I just pick up on little things like that. And you, so, you know, you change your package and you, of course, you're going to increase your rate because you're adding the frequency. That's more time, right? So if you listen to your clients, they're going to tell you what they need, but you also have to make sure that your rate reflects that. Yes, 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 of course. So where do you think your biggest value is to your clients now? I turn their cash flow around. That's, that's those conversations that we have. I do a lot of behind the scenes work, right? Uh, on their strategies, but it's in those conversations where I bring it up on my screen. We're on a zoom meeting and I share it with them and I walk them through that. They, uh, they have told me that I'm, you can feel my passion when I'm talking to them. Like they know that I am there to help them. I'm not there to rip them off. I'm not charging them high end fees because I just want to take their money and run it. They understand that it is of extreme importance to me that I actually do what I say I'm going to do. We also hold them accountable to their actions. So during these meetings that we have with them, they can, you know, if I give them an action step from our last meeting, they know that they're facing me the next month in a meeting and I'm going to ask them, did you do what I asked you to do last time? Or, you know, they don't have the ability to to just let it, you know, take all the information in and then just let it go out the other ear, right? They actually have to take action. And when they take action, that is what helps them to turn their cash flow position around. So they see it. They see the numbers. They see it on screen when I'm working through them. And I show them the difference between last month, this month, last quarter, this quarter. And so they see progress. And you know that when you can measure something, it quickly, you know, sort of accelerates, right? So that I think is something that's very, very valuable to the clients. Um, give us some examples of some of the results that you have achieved with your clients in terms of turning their cash flow around. They come in at operating at a 24% loss, cash loss, like they're bleeding at 24%. And by the end of the year, they're up at 5% profit, cash in the bank. So is that mostly due to profit first strategy and implementation? Or is there also business advising included in that? It's, it's kind of both. So I use profit first strategies to help get them to where they want to go. So we start by looking at where do you want to go? We reverse engineer the entire process. And I use the profit first system to get them to that place that they want to be. So there's a lot of talking. The system is the base um, of how they move the money around so that they're actually going to get there. What types of businesses are you working with? Are they primarily service-based? Are they manufacturing? Is it all over the map? Do you have a niche? Uh, just building out a niche right now. Uh, but that's that's a whole other sideline because that's a program that I'm running online in a group format. Um, but for our client base, generally, we stay away from retail. We stay away from manufacturing. 
Um, it's, we're not really restricted to a type of industry. It has to be something that we feel we can wrap our heads around to get them there. And we base it more on their revenue level and fit. I have to be able to work with this person on a strategy basis, like we, compliance, that's totally different, but we don't just do that. So coming in, um, you know, with having uh, profit strategy coaching as a mandatory component of our engagement, I have to be able to get along with this person because I'm dealing with them every single month, if not more. It's like a team member. Like I, we feel like we're part of their team, even though we're not in their office, but we are a crucial part of their team because we're driving the profitability of the company. Yeah, absolutely. You're a key leg of the stool. I hope so. <laughs> so what do you think were some of the most painful or important lessons that you learned along the way in this process? The biggest challenge I had was me. Mm. I got in my own way so often. I'm a constant creator. So I always want things to be better and I always want things to be bigger and I want them done now, not yesterday, not even now. <laughs> so I am, I'm a squirreler. I used to be a squirreler. You know what I mean? Like just the shiny objects, mm -hmm. this is new and that's new. And then that's fantastic. So I think, you know, one of the best things that happened to me was I learned how to focus. I learned to take the task that I'm, or not the task, but the, the objective, what am I trying to get at? And again, reverse engineered. Okay. So if I want to get to this point, like for example, if I want to have my workflows in place, I need to focus on what is it in my workflows that I want? What is the end result? How do I get there? And so I would back it out and then create action steps. Even if it's, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, right? Mm -hmm. Take one step every day and it's gonna get me that much closer. So learning how to focus and not have shiny object syndrome yeah. really helped me a lot. Mm. So what was helpful in helping you learn how to focus? Because I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs are prone to this, is chasing, chasing shiny object syndrome and going like in a million directions and not going in the direction consistently that they need to be going. Once I started systematizing my, my processes, that I think is what led me to, okay, you know what? I'm actually creating a system to do the task at hand. Why would I not systematize my thoughts, my next projects, everything that, like literally every minute of my day is planned. And I have checklists on top of checklists and nothing gets done until this gets done. That's, you have to, you have to prioritize, you have to know what you're doing because that's also how you're going to scale out later because you're going to know what your team's doing. Mm -hmm. You can't just, you know, bring all these people on and expect all this work to be done and not have any sort of metric or control to know what's being done because you, how are you going to provide the value if something gets dropped? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the systematizing is really what set me on that course. And I've done a lot of work. I, I mean, I get coaching. Um, a lot of work on, you know, where I'm falling short so that I, I can improve on that. To me, coaching is so worth every penny you spend because you need it. And I'm a big believer in if you want to learn something, don't try to figure it all out by yourself. Don't reinvent the wheel. Go find who is it that's going to help you? Who is your person? So I do that all the time. I'm like, I got to learn this. Who's my person? And I go find them. It can be really tempting to try and learn everything ourselves and to try and teach ourselves the things we need to know when, as we scale up and we start to have a bit more income to play with or use or leverage, it's really nice to be able to get access to that knowledge without having to learn it. Yes, absolutely. And it's opportunity cost too, right? I mean, it, even things like, um, you know, if you have a website or if you have a Facebook group or a Facebook page that you want your, you know, drive your clients to. 
you could spend hours trying to figure out how to understand how Facebook ads work mm -hmm. and how to, how to, yeah. you know, do this graphic and all this stuff. And I did it. I mean, I started out that way and I realized, you know what, I could spend six hours doing this and because I don't want to spend the money or I could pay somebody hundred bucks, 200 bucks, whatever it is. And it's done. And I'll give you a prime example of that. I was doing a video for one of my uh, master classes the other day and I, um, I screwed up in the middle of it. So I stopped it and I started it again. And I thought, I'm going to just figure out how to piece this together myself. <laughs> so I start looking and I'm like, oh, this is not going to work. It's going to take forever. So I said to my 17 year old daughter, can you edit this video for me? I'll pay you 20 bucks an hour. She's like, yeah, sure. Five minutes later, she comes in done. <laughs> and thank you. And did you still pay her 20 bucks or did you divide it by 12? <laughs> I did. I told her, I said, no, I did. I said, I don't care if it takes you five minutes. I will pay you the 20 bucks, whatever it is, however long it takes you. But literally five minutes, it was done. Yeah. And great lesson for her on value-based billing. <laughs> Sorry, mom. It's actually 40 bucks because I got it done so fast. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh, she's a powerhouse. Let me tell you. <laughs> so I love this piece about retraining your mind to focus because it is such a key piece of driving your business forward. And I think many of us struggle with training our minds to work on the things that are most important, right? It's much easier to stay comfortable and work on the things that we quote unquote feel like doing, but that's not where business growth comes from. And this idea that you've shifted from chasing the squirrels to having checklists and systems for how you even think about things is quite an impressive dramatic shift. Well, it, it's, it's, a, it's a shift that I think, I don't know if it happens organically, uh, where meaning that you just, something snaps in you and you realize you have to do something. We all start off in the same place. We all start off with, you know, accounting 101. We start off usually in practice, maybe under somebody else. But for those people who are taking the, the, the risk of creating their own business, creating, you know, they're taking all the risks, they, they're maybe bringing on teams and whatnot. The only way they're going to grow and scale and, and, get to that high, high value and, and, you know, that work-life balance, so to speak, um, is to invest in things that will help them shift their mindset, things that will help drive them towards getting to their goals. And that's, I'm, I can't tell you enough how much I value coaching because it's the accountability aspect as well, right? I mean, you can read books on everything all day, totally read books on how to do this and how to do that. But when you have to answer to somebody, <laughs> you're going to be sure you get that done. And there's the accountability piece. And there's also, I was trying with this idea of like a rubber band was not made to sit still, right? True. And if you're in your business, you were made to stretch, but it's really difficult for a rubber band to stretch itself. Oh, that's good. One of the roles as coach is to stretch clients beyond what they think themselves stretchable, capable of. Yes. And because it's like, otherwise we kind of, we are like, I don't know if I want to risk it. I don't know if I can make that phone call. I don't know if I should, I'm not going to reach out to that client today. No, I'm not going to follow up on that. Like, but <laughs> coach me like you, I have, you can do this times 10. So get after it. Yeah. I have relied heavily on the coaching that I've had because I, there's so many things that I've done that there's no way I would have done without a coach. No way. Right. Wouldn't yeah. even, First of all, a lot of them, I wouldn't even have thought I could do this, you know, this out of the other thing, but also like you just said, Oh, there's that little comfort zone of, you know, I'm really cozy right in this little spot. I don't need to stretch it, but how do you grow if you don't stretch? You're going to be like, I always like to think, and I, and I talk to, to people about this all the time. 
what do you want to do in 10 years? And, and like, think big, where are you going to be? Well, they have no plan on how they're going to get there. They just figure, oh, just, it'll happen. No, it doesn't. You have to work at it. And having a coach pushing you along the way and giving you the direction is huge. Awesome. I love it. And thank you for the plug for coaching. <laughs> um, so you got your business to this place where you've systematized, you take your clients through profit first, you add enormous value. And now your business is at a certain level and you realize that other bookkeepers and accountants behind you are in the same place in their businesses that you were a few years ago. So when you saw that, what made you think, oh, how about I start an arm of my business also working with bookkeepers and accountants to grow their businesses? That happened actually kind of just on its own. I, I would have these accountants and bookkeepers reaching out to me, you know, private messaging me or through Facebook groups or whatever, asking me, how did you do this? How did you do that? So I, I share as much as I can, but then some of them would go a little bit deeper and say, you know, can we have coffee? Can we have a meeting? And I would do a few of those, but then it started like building up and building up. And I thought, you know what, I need to put something together to walk these people through this process and hold them accountable as well so that they can get there. Because I know the way um, it, it's, there's no point in all of us trying to figure out the way on our own when if like i said before if if you want to get somewhere go find someone who's already done it and learn from them so i put together the program just to sort of walk them through that because first of all it's it's better for me as well because i can keep everything straight making again with my systems um making sure that we cover everything um and it just makes it more available for anyone who wants to grow it out because there is a way to do it. And there's certain steps that you need to take in a certain order to get there. So what are some of the results that these bookkeepers and accountants are getting now from working with you? They are learning. First of all, they're learning their own value. They're learning where they're wasting time. They're learning how to monetize their schedules. They're learning that it's okay to ask for what they're worth. They're learning that they can hand off to somebody else. They can delegate some of the work uh, like in my firm, I don't do any of the compliance work. I rely on my team to do that. And we show them to do the same thing with their team. If, and even if they don't have a team, we show them how to bring a team on and, you know, make sure that everything is in line before you do that. So it's kind of like they're learning how to, how to walk before they can run, put it that way. Cause you don't want to jump into something that's really, let's say, let's say you went right to profit first. Like, let's say you're been a bookkeeper for two years and you went right to something like profit first coaching, but you've also got all the compliance work. You've got all this other stuff that you need to deal with. So we, we work through that so that that's not something they're responsible for. Their team is responsible for that, but they're going to use that business that they've created as a tool to help them with their high end strategy. Mm -hmm. Love it. So it appears that you have this pattern of starting businesses somewhat by accident. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a need, there's a need. <laughs> <laughs> find a solution. I love when the problem comes up. That's my personality type. When something comes up, I want to find the solution to it. And if it works, it works. I'll share it with other people. If it doesn't work, I try again. <laughs> so what's next for you? Oh boy. Well, uh, what is next for me? I don't know. I like to think of it as a journey and you know, I never really know the, the outcome. I just kind of, this happens and then that happens. And if it, if it speaks to me, I'll run with it. So I'll give you a prime example. So in my, in my profit first strategy, um, I developed a group program that I work with in, in all general business. And what happened this year was I got this influx of dance studio owners coming in through my program, right? So that's the niche I'm building out is why not create that same program 
speaking directly to dance studio owners. So that's new for me. But again, I didn't see that coming. So I like to go with the flow. Yeah. Well, you have to walk, you have to keep your eye out for doors that are open. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? Again, it comes back to if there's a need for something, if it resonates with you and you feel that you can give tremendous value there, pursue it. What's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work. So what? Try something else. Everything you want is on the other side of fear. So many people are afraid to take that step or stretch out of that little comfort zone. You've got to stretch. You just, oh, it's so liberating. It's so rewarding. We're made to stretch. We're not made to just stand still. Yeah. Be a stagnant, floppy rubber band on the table. Oh. If you could create anything that you wanted, what would that be? I'm actually working on that right now. I'm reverse engineering my goals to freedom. So freedom for me is that I want to have my, all of my sort of divisions of my business, if you so to, you know, say it that way, um, positioned so that I can work from anywhere in the world two days a week and make all the money I need so that I don't need to stress about it. And I'm going to do it. I love that. When are you going to do it by? Uh, I had the goal for uh, four years ago, which was a year ago. So I, that, I guess that leaves me with uh, three. <laughs> <laughs> if we know anything about math. I'm thinking, oh, my computers do my math for me. I don't need <laughs> Okay, so end of 2022, it sounds like. 2022, 2023, put it this way. I'm 49 now. 55 is absolute max. I love it. Two days yep. a week, all around the world, all the money you need to not stress. Yep, 100%. Beautiful. Lisa, it's been such a treat to have you on the Epic Business Growth for CPAs podcast. It's been so much fun talking with you. Thank you so much, Lisa, for coming on the podcast. What stood out to me was her piece about the mindset work and teaching herself how to focus, how to systematize the way she thinks about things. It reminds me of something I read in The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which I read years ago, so I won't get it exactly right. But he talks about the mind being kind of like a dog chewing on a bone. <laughs> the dog will chew and chew and chew on the bone and it will totally enjoy it. And you give the dog a bone and it will hang out there. And as entrepreneurs, we can kind of be similar, right? We are idea-y people and we see shiny objects and we go towards them. And it takes special effort and focus to train our minds to focus and give our attention to the things that are most important in our day and in our lives. If you want to connect with Lisa, you can find her at themarkhamgroup.ca. I'll put a link to that and the survey in the show notes. Remember, if you could use some one-on-one -on -one time with me, head on over to that survey and try your luck. All right, everyone, that's it for me. I will see you next week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to learn more. Dates, times, pricing, it's all there.